podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It is the Anfield Wrap in association with Reds Bet. We're going to be talking about Liverpool 2, Tottenham Hotspur 1. We've got loads of excellent Reds Bet stuff coming on the Anfield Wrap this week uh, through Aintree. Uh, so check out all of our social media channels and we'll be in Aintree on Thursday. Loads of stuff will be coming from there on YouTube. Very excited about that indeed. And obviously we partnered with Reds Bet for the whole of 2019. So please do get on board with them if you're interested in that sort of thing. And if you're not, don't worry about it and always be responsible. Uh, speaking of being responsible, I've got Lizzie Doyle, I've got John Gibbons and I've got Gareth Roberts. Uh, John Gibbons, how responsible? Responsible? Did you feel? Uh, I'd say at approximately half past six yesterday. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a nice feeling, wasn't it? To be honest, like I was a wreck second half. Like I had a t-shirt over my head at one point for about a minute. Really? Like, yeah, like the lad just... who sits behind me after it went two one. Genuinely, it's the, the the great behind me, the lads behind me. But one of them knelt down and faced the opposite way and clung onto his seat. At <laughs> and I said, "Are you all right?" And he was like, "This is just what I need to do now." Yeah, well, fair enough. I mean, we've all got ways of getting through it. I mean, I wasn't quite that bad, um, and I think there was. I, I really enjoyed how little happened at two one. Yeah, um, like someone just got injured for a bit, didn't he? And then, and then the ball went out for a bit, and then and then it just seemed to be full time. Um, <laughs> So, but yeah, uh, between between them scoring and us scoring, there was there was, there was a lot of me in the t-shirt. How would you feel between us scoring and them scoring, Gareth, all the other way around? Between them scoring and us yeah, scoring, yeah. Um, I I enjoyed it to be honest with you. I I thought um, you know I'm obviously always tuned into like what, how the ground is because I'm massively into that and, and I think it's that important. And I thought we were great. I thought we were behind them, and I, th- I thought there was a couple of moments, couple of moans over, you know. Uh, I think Henderson played a bad ball at one point and got a bit of a bit of grief. Yeah. Mo as well tried to do a bit of a round the corner and it just went out and that got this similar treatment. But it was not unlike you know the bad old days and I, I felt like the support was really good. Everyone kept the reds a little bit and the reds kept going and got there in the end. And I honestly think it was the best possible way to win a football match um, in, in the context of everything. Um, I just think. It's done everyone's head in. I've really enjoyed. <laughs> I've really enjoyed this morning just reading all the media reports because they're just all bristling with, you know, they're all fuming. They're all they all feel like they're fuming. I mean, like you've got someone like and and it's no secret that I don't like this fella, but you've got someone like Daniel Taylor in the Guardian, and he's talking about the manager's teeth. Like, well, why is the manager's teeth relevant to anything, mate? Other than you're fuming, yep. you put that in because you're fuming, and so it, I, I absolutely love it. I love, I love it when the media's fuming. I love it when the world doesn't want us to win and we win, and that's exactly what happened. And I think, you know, Klopp says something like, "It, it wouldn't be better if we won five 0 and I, I agree with him because I think the the manner of it means that a you you sort of get that little bit of a feeling that maybe just maybe our names on it. And maybe the players feel that way as well. But also, I think it, it, it guards against complacency for the players as well because they can they can see how close they come to dropping some points there. Uh, equally, it's deflated Spurs a little bit, but I think you saw enough from Spurs to oh, say yeah. they're going to give City a game over those three games. And, and also, they need the points to stay in the top four. They've got a big, lovely stadium that they need to pay for. They need Champions League football to play it. Play, you know, they need Champions League football in that stadium. So... I absolutely loved it. I had a great time, and I went to Harry afterwards, and uh, there was a fella dressed as a banana, uh, <laughs> and, and I'm not entirely sure why, but I was on board with it. It was absolutely brilliant. There was a fella dressed as a banana, and another fella with a stool above his head, as though it was like the European Cup, and everyone just dancing around him, and it, it, it was lovely and primal. It was brilliant. Um, I'm, I'm sort of with Gareth Lizzie in terms of that's a great way to win a match. It's a great way to get the results. Uh, I saw Adam Media afterwards, and he said he said all this. He said yes, but let's not do that again. Adam said going forward. The 
rest of the games. I'd like to score after 10 minutes and then score every 10 minutes thereafter. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way I'd like to do it now. Uh, I feel like we've had this one of these. Uh, we've done it. <laughs> we nailed it. And I think the best thing about it is how Liverpool hung in there when it felt like it was slipping. Yeah, I agree. And to me, it did feel like it was slipping. Um, at, at one all, I was the person with my head in my hands. I was thinking, no, just no, this can't be happening again. But I'm with Gareth. The, the, the crowd didn't feel like it did uh, when we were playing Leicester at home and we were drawing. It felt different. And the, the way that we won that game was just ridiculous. And I'd rather win like that all day, any day. I mean, time stopped. That ball went in, then out, then back in again. I'm sure of it. I'm sure I've seen the ball bounce back out and then go back in. I don't know how it got over the line. I don't know how Lloris done what he'd done. The header wasn't that good from Salah, but I don't care. It was a shit goal. That was great. And that's what I want because it winds people up. And I think, it, you know, for the, for the players, they if that's not some momentum to kick on with now, then I don't know what is. To know that we didn't play too well, but to get that result and to get it in the manner we, we got it is absolutely massive and what a way to kickstart these last seven games. It was carnage. Uh, I thought, uh, Lizzie, when it went in, you, uh, Gareth used the word primal. It was, it was. I mean, it was up there. It was different, in a sense, to the uh, to the Origi one. Uh, the Origi one was, was, there was a lot of laughter uh, around the Origi one and understandably so. This was just more some combination of absolute relief with unbelievable joy it was, it was the, the, the scenes were unbridled on and off the pitch it's it's keeping tight loops alive and I'm not to say that if we would have got a point they would have been you know put to bed but it, it would have been quite hard to kick start this last seven games with with a draw uh, you know that we were 1-0 ahead of so the <laughs> the celebrations in that ground were great and like you said it was sheer relief um, I still haven't introduced myself to the fella that was sitting next to for my season ticket but I elbowed him in the head yeah. I nearly threw the little girl in front of me down the main stand I didn't um, she's, she's got a comment yeah uh, there's a fella who sounds like John who sits behind me who, who grabbed me I was like hey old John yay like do you know what I mean um, <laughs> but it was just it was bonkers and I, and I, I love from where I am I, I'm between the halfway line and, and the cop Anything like that, I love standing over the cop and just seeing people just trickling down the stairs and then slowly making their way up, <laughs> jagged, bruised, out of breath. Um, it, it was carnage, but you know what? I wouldn't have had it any other way. Uh, young John, um, there was a feel, the feeling that it was slipping. Uh, we may, I think we may be able to drop points at some point in, the, in that what is now the remaining six, what was the remaining seven and still do it. But it felt like it couldn't have been yesterday and it couldn't have been in that manner. Uh, and that, that might be a little bit strange. Obviously, we know that you know six wins puts us in a much better position of those remaining. But there will be twists and turns. We're all saying there will be twists and turns. But it would have felt like an absolute body blow yesterday if that had to finish one-one or even worse with reference to the Sissoko miss. Yeah, I think so. I think it's because it, after the international break, it does feel like like this is the chunk of games, doesn't it? We've all obviously been waiting for a while for this Tottenham game to come and had to kind of. You know, wait while the while while the international football was played, and you just sort of feel a little bit that, you know, if if you drop points in the first one, then it would have been just so sorted, so deflating, really. And also, you know, from City's point of view, you know, giving them a massive boost. And I think their players have talked a little bit about, you know, about about certain points of the season how they felt when they've seen kind of what Liverpool have done and. and in relation to what we've done and stuff like that, and they they've talked about the Leicester game giving them a kind of a, a big boost, and I think this might have been, might have done some of it similar, especially when they've got Cardiff on Wednesday, and you expect them to turn turn them over really, and so yeah, it it it, it is a strange one, isn't it? Because I agree with what you said in that you know we can 
we can maybe afford to to drop points in one game between now and the end of the season, but it just felt like it couldn't be that very first one, that first hurdle. You know, you wouldn't want to want to clip it. And although we didn't exactly sail over it, you know what I mean. We are over it. We are in the race, and and as Robbo says, we've we've sort of boiled the, a bit of piss along the way. Well, the, the boiling of the piss, Gareth, <laughs> is I think it's in part because of when the game happens. If that's Saturday half twelve by Monday, it's all a little bit different. If if literally that plays out exactly the same way, yeah, everyone's broiling and all of that sort of stuff for a bit but then something else happens at the half five West Ham are, West Ham are crap against Everton and, and then the next day City are played and everyone's saying I oh, went City in control against Fulham it re- all the way through I loved the timing of this game because it was one to really set up in my head I had, like one of the things I thought of when it was all going off was Bernardo Silva's having a Sunday dinner watching this yeah. <laughs> and Bernardo Silva's somewhere just gone oh, for fuck's sake is this for real or whatever, in whichever language he speaks I'm yeah. from Mother's Day but checking his phone yeah yeah all the, all the hits Absolutely. he's just gone fucking hell that's exactly what I thought I just thought you know everywhere in Manchester there there's like boxes of dairy milk getting volleyed in the air <laughs> <laughs> because because the, the, the Rolos all over the show <laughs> they're fuming aren't they I mean there's a brilliant clip I'm, I'm sure a lot of people will have seen it already but like a lad who's had his like mother-in-law's 60th yeah. and like he's watching it on the phone and like everyone's doing happy bit and he's like happy bit as the goal goes in and like you know that, that's the good version of it but I, I, I immediately thought of the mank version of it you know that, that, that phone's going through the window isn't it so it, 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 look, we've said it over and over, and I think we're right to say it. In that, like, if you are city, and and Klopp actually used the word "everyone involved is human," he, he said yesterday, and he's quite right to say that because if you're city, you can be that you can be a brilliant footballer, you can be on a lot of money, you can have a world class manager, but also you can just be sitting there having your Sunday dinner with your mark going, "Fucking hell, I wish Liverpool would fuck off. I wish they'd just do one. They haven't even played well." How have they won that? How have they got that goal? And there's a like, and it just continues. It just rolls on, and I just think it, that type of stuff gets in people's heads. Like, there's a stat going around today, and I feel like we should put that stat on a flag and take it to match because <laughs> because, because the, the the stat is that Liverpool 33 times in the Premier League era have won in the 90th minute or later, and that's something like. I think eight more times than anyone else. So imagine, like, what? Imagine what we used to be like, or, or remember what we used to be like about the Manx. Be like, oh, they always win in the last minute. They always find a fluky way to win. We're them now. We're them to the rest of the country. And like the anti-Liverpool shit that you see on the internet, absolutely brilliant. It's lovely. I've I've never <laughs> felt better. Um, and honestly, that's, that's taking off thirty flags to the next game. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, like all, all of our opponents now. That that's got to be in the back of your mind. That's got to be. You know, I, I asked Stephen Warnock when we were doing the pro view the other day. I said, you know, when you're playing forty, when you were a pro, when you were playing forty, and it was something like where you knew you had to win to stay up to win something, whatever. I said, did you actually look at the clock? I said, sure, of course we did. He said, you, you can't not. He said, it's in your head. You know yeah. it's the second half and you know that you've got to win. And of course, you'd end up glancing at clocks. So if everyone's glancing at clocks while they're playing footy, then these lads who, who come up against Liverpool in these six games will be going, fucking hell, we've done well to keep these out. But they always score in the 90th minute. Mm. And equally, our boys will be going, we'll just keep going because that's worked against Everton. That's worked against Tottenham. Um, you know, goalkeepers keep having nightmares against Liverpool as well long may that continue also I mean once upon a time that was the other way around I mean our keeper had a little bit of a go didn't he <laughs> uh, with that weird header into Milner or whatever he was doing yeah, it felt like he was being innovative yesterday he had yeah. some <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, once upon a time, it was us who was regularly going on about, you know, goalkeepers who weren't good. You know, he had a nightmare him yesterday, by the way. It wasn't just that goal, but he was booting it all over the show. He, he sets, well, doesn't set it up, but he, the first one's from a, a shit kick from him, isn't, yeah. isn't it? So, 
I'm really glad he's not our goalkeeper and that we've got the goalkeeper we've got. But yeah, great times. Um, game of two halves uh, to nail the cliches down. Uh, John, first half Liverpool on top. Uh, it's a great, it's a great goal, which is now a bit forgotten. Obviously, yeah. in the, knocked over and knocked over in the excitement. But we built up a bit of a head of steam, I think, uh, at that stage. And there was actually, actually I was quite annoyed. Matt had just given a free kick away um, on Kane, which I felt like he didn't have to do because I thought we were beginning to really turn the screw here and put the pressure on. And then thirty seconds later, it was in the back of the net anyway. So it was, it was. It, we were at that point. You felt like a goal was coming, and it, it almost came earlier than we might have expected. And 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 it, and it was a really good, good, good cross, good finish. Yeah, it was a really good cross. I thought. I thought Robertson was was generally excellent, and I think both fullbacks are, are playing really well. But also, I mean, I'm into how much they pass to each other. Like mm. I've never known fullbacks mm. pass to each other so much. Really, it doesn't really happen, do it? But they they love a little big switch to each other, don't <laughs> they? And and I'm, and, I'm, and if, but I think it's 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 effective because you know when, if we're we're overloading one side and, and all the defenders are kind of going over there and trying to deal with it. That that big switch, if it, if it's done well and it's done quickly, can 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 find some space. But it's a great cost. It's a really good edit, like a number nine finish, in it from from someone who's who's kind of not you know often talked about not being, but like Latchford. Yeah, it was. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, or Martin McCutcheon, either one. I can't figure it out. <laughs> uh, no, it was it was and it, a really good edit, and I think. You're right, we were sort of we were on top without creating loads, but I thought it was a, a really controlled performance. I thought it was, you know, a, a, almost a European type performance, wasn't it? In 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 that in that you know they had respect for Tottenham, they knew that they could, you know, break and hurt them, but they were just you know on, in control on top of the game, not panicking, doing sensible things, waiting for the opening, and when the opening come, we we executed it brilliantly. Do Tottenham do well? Stemming our flow at that point, Lizzie, or do we do it to ourselves, or is it a bit of both? Because we don't create a lot first half, and I, but we're on top. We really are on top. I think at that stage of the game, until about thirty-five, it does feel like it's Liverpool's game. What we've been very good at in the European type games is turning one into two, and the crowd was up, and I thought it's going to go here, but it never quite came, did it? No, and I, I think you've got to give credit to Tottenham as well. I think they played really well. Um, I I think it was a little bit more to do with us being bit wasteful personally um first off but I, I'm I'm with you it felt I felt quite confident that first goal went in and I I thought yeah the seconds coming and that to me shows that it was more Liverpool that were wasteful rather than Tottenham were doing a good job to keep us quiet because it felt like it could come and it didn't and I think we really should have capitalized on that couple of minutes but we didn't but I also got to half time uh, and I was getting me coffee and I heard someone say, God, I hope we don't throw this away, you know. And I was thinking, oh, sure. Like, that was, that was fine. Like, I'm actually feeling fine. Like, I can see us coming out, you know, and just sort of restart and, and I can see another goal coming from somewhere. Um, I think we'll probably come on to it a bit more, but I, I think the fact that it was that midfield three had a bit, had, had a little bit something to do with not making the most of our chances. Um, there was a bit, too much space between the midfield three and the front three. There wasn't enough balls going through to the front three, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, at half time, I was really happy with one nil. Yeah, we could have got one more as such, but I thought after the fir- after the first half, we'd go on to get another anyway. I, I thought I thought what was annoying was you know you've you've mentioned Robertson already, and like for me, Robertson now is is getting into a conversation of who's a better left back that we've watched for Liverpool. Um, you know, you might say Aurelio was technically better, but he was he was injured too much. This is a fella that you can rely on week in week out to be seven and above. And I, you know, you wouldn't swap him for anyone, would you? And and I think as well, like it's worth remembering that he's played more of his football in lower leagues than he has for Liverpool. It's only like sixty eight games for Liverpool, and yet he's so comfortable there. He's so good. 
And what was annoying for me a little bit was we didn't didn't get it to him enough. Um, because you could see he's having all that joy. He's putting he put he puts in the great ball for the goal. He puts in another great ball that's that's defended sort of to the max, if you like it. One of their centre half just about gets his head to it. And it's like, so if we're causing problems with that ball, play that ball more often, get him on the ball more often. And I thought, thought Henderson was hesitant a few times to to send him when he was on. And I don't I didn't really understand why, whether it I mean Henderson didn't have his best day full stop, I don't think, and maybe that was why. Maybe he just didn't fancy himself to play the ball. But for whatever reason. He kept looking at it, didn't he? That was yeah, never surprised. Because I'd often like, say you can't see it or there's a no, blocker or something like that, but he was looking and yeah. looking and he was for whatever reason, which made me think it was tactical in some sort of odd way, like he's been told don't do it too much or whatever. But he was looking and looking and then yeah, he goes, Nah, go back the other side, go back to Genie or something. And I kept thinking this is a bit strange. Mm, I thought that as well. And and, and like I say, some of his decision making in general, you know, wasn't the best, and you know, I, I wasn't particularly surprised to see him to see him hooked in the end. I think probably by his own admission, he he didn't have a great day. But yeah, I, I didn't really understand that, and it was interesting as well. Like in in the build up to the game, I read Sunus in the Times, and he was talking about Liverpool and about that midfield three, and he was saying when you look at Tottenham, you know, Liverpool had, had killed to have. Ericsson was basically what he was saying. Someone like Ericsson, and he was saying, you know, when they've invested this money in. Cater and he's not been that type of person yet. He was like, you know, the manager was looking at Fakir, wanted Fakir, so it suggests that there's still something there. But equally, though, it's, I don't know, I don't know how much you read into that midfield three problem as such. I don't know how much the manager still sees it as a problem because he wants his midfield to fight and battle, doesn't he? And well, the, the street I used this morning, the independence, no. it's really good because what he says is, um, he, 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 he draws the sort of comparison that you, you draw there with Ericsson, but he draws it with Man City's midfielders and say mm. they've got like sort of like almost twice as many assists or maybe even twice as many assists as Liverpool's midfielders. But then he says Liverpool's fullbacks have got twice as many assists yeah. as as Man City's, and I think it's really like it could well be that for us, and that's why it was frustrating. Maybe he wasn't going to Robertson more, mm. but for us, like the creative fulcrums are actually the two fullbacks yeah. and not the midfield three, and that's quite different to what you expect from football. And and the numbers now for Robertson are amazing, Andy. That's nine assists, and I think it's only um, is it Baines and. It was a Hinchcliffe. Sure, it was Hinchcliffe. I'd like to think it was Hinchcliffe. <laughs> <laughs> you, you had a I, wonderful I, left foot. He had a wonderful left foot. It was Hinchcliffe. I feel like I've seen that this morning, and, and, and it can't be right, surely. But anyway, but he, he's done really well. Is the point? I mean, the seasons where Ronaldo was getting nine assists, and everyone was like, "Isn't that brilliant?" And our left backs doing that. And I think, I think maybe Trent's starting to to realise whatever this betters between the two of them. I think Robertson might have won it. Uh, so <laughs> Is he paying out? Whatever he's got to do, he's going to have to pay out. Yeah, like people. Fred Doan. Uh, going early, going yeah, far too early yeah. on this. Don't go Just, early on a trend, you back yourself, son. <laughs> um, we get to half-time, and the other thing... That I'm all I'm thinking, John, when we when we get to half time is all of their mini opportunities, and they're not really opportunities, they're opportunities to create opportunities, are just from us letting them in. I mean, it's just mistake stuff from us. I think there's a couple of times Genie gets caught a little bit at a time. Uh, Henderson gives it away really cheaply in the middle of the park that drove me mad, mm. it's fair to say. Um, from try, Actually, to be fair to Henderson, from trying a big switch that I just didn't think was on. Um, but there really was, I just felt like there was very little jeopardy by the half-time whistle. There was just that little patch where we felt a bit overrun in front of Matip slash Trent slash Genie slash Henderson coming over. That was the only real area with Lucas Moore. There was nothing else that was concerning me. Yeah, I wasn't too worried either going into half-time. You know, um, I was thinking, you know, we'll get another one second half here and then, and, then, and then sort of kill the game, really. I thought we'd, as I say before, I thought we'd played really well without... 
you know, being anything too dynamic or explosive, really. I thought it was controlled. I thought we were on top. And, yeah, I just, you know, I was seeing bits of the midfield problem, but I thought, you know, there, there, there was options there, you know, to, to maybe improve that off the bench if, if he wanted to. And so, yeah, the second half was come to a bit of a shock, really, obviously, because they, they, they change formation, don't they? And, and they change it about a bit. And it just seemed like... We never really kind of got to, got to grips with the second half. Uh, I thought I thought what they did, you know, they did well, and I think Danny Rose is great, isn't he? Like, I was about to. Say, I thought the two best players really on the pitch were Danny Rose and Andy Robertson. Yeah, and it's sort of. I think I think he's become a bit forgotten, Danny Rose, because he's had all the contract stuff, hasn't he? And uh, he might still be playing without one. I don't know. I don't know if anyone's <laughs> looked into it, but like he's had all that and it was going and a couple of injuries. I think as well. I forgot what a what a good footballer he was, and and he was sort of, sort of getting more more into a kind of second half as well. Kane's quite good as well. Though, well, yeah, 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 yeah. But mean, you know, no, but I mean, like, I'm going for the hipster choices. <laughs> but like you know, you know that he can better you. You know that he's a, a great goal scorer. But I was sort of impressed by his attitude and mm. and, and just you know even like I mean I actually think Henderson should be standing over that free kick. By the yeah, way, completely but, agree. But nevertheless to to spot it and play it you know you i don't know you don't always associate harry kane with having that in his locker really. i thought he was great ball i thought he was great he was he was really good he was really good and and as i say maybe henderson should have been more switched on to that quick free kick but all the way there was one bit though you know let's have some virgil love there was a bit where Kane tried to use his body against Virgil. Oh, he yeah. just buzzed off him. Yeah, just yeah. was like, nah. Just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. just shouldered, him, it shouldered him into the main. Um, and I absolutely loved that because it was just like, uh, no, lad. You don't do that against me. I'm Virgil van Dijk. Fuck off. Um, when they did change the shape, Lizzie mentioned Rose there. Uh, Vertonghen left back, Rose to left wing. Uh, Ericsson then right and sort of tucking in a little bit more doing what can be technically described as bits. He's really good as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. loves bits. Uh, very much that's what he's into. But they really increased the tempo. That was the big surprise. I, the, the way Tottenham come out second half there is credit to them. No manager in the in the dressing room so they've sorted that out with the coaching staff and themselves. Um, and, you know, we did get a couple of countering opportunities but they really did come out that second half and, and, and get right on top of us. Yeah, I didn't expect that from them second half and I don't think uh, Liverpool did either. And, Great move putting Danny Rose there on the left, but that Lucas Moura was brilliant, I thought. And when I first saw the team and I seen no son, I thought, oh, okay, all right, because I think son, son's been hitting real form, and especially when he plays alongside Harry Kane. Um, but then moving to a 4 4 2, and like you say, putting Danny Rose on the left, it works so well for them. And I think it caught us by surprise. We didn't really know what to do with it in my eyes. Um, and there was, you know, like you say, there was that moment where there was there was a moment with Henderson, and it was like when he when he, he did get the ball and he was going towards goal, and he he sort of looked like he took a shot and it went out, and everyone sort of like done that big groan, and then he, I think he got he gets taken off um, not long after, and then Fabinho comes on, and then as soon as like Fabinho comes on, I feel like then we suited them better to how they well, were playing. I thought it was dead interesting watching them. Did anyone else get on them trying to change the shape? Yeah. There was loads of them trying. Henderson was trying Fabinho? to change the shape. Did, Origi wasn't originally coming on either. Yeah. It was just Fabinho. Yeah. And then you seen him sort of go, hold on a sec. Yeah. And th- that There's was a great move by Klopp as well. There was loads of weird conversations that Spurs were trying to gag into, wasn't there? <laughs> yeah. 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 Like they were following them. And they yeah. like, fuck off, we're trying to have a conversation. Yeah. Yeah. And it was dead funny. Yeah. And I like, exchanged to another two people and they were following each other around and they were pushing each other. And it like nearly went off over it. 
pass on instructions. Klopp had a chat with Alexander Arnold. Alexander Arnold tried to have a chat with Wijnaldum. Wijnaldum was like, "What?" Yeah. <laughs> Wijnaldum then went and had a chat with Klopp, and then Wijnaldum still didn't seem clear. So, no. so Henderson spoke to Wijnaldum, and then he went to speak to Klopp, and then Henderson, Henderson sprinted back on the pitch and was like, "And that's when Sanchez got involved when Henderson was trying to speak to Wijnaldum." Wijnaldum kicked off. Henderson then walked around the back to go and speak to Mane yeah. to say, "Like this yeah. is what you're doing now, Sadio." So bad. whilst that's going on over there, I'll just have a little chat to you that they can't now gag into. And then they went back, and then, but it was whilst all that was going, and then immediately afterwards they scored. So I felt a bit sorry for Henderson and Milner because they changed the shape to go four four two and just matched them up. But they never really got the benefits of it, if you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah. Because by that sort of point, it was like, well, the, the, the manager had then got got, got a Rigi ready. But yeah, it was absolutely crazy to watch yeah, all that on the pitch. It was, it was like it was like the game had sort of stopped for three minutes while everyone was trying to work this out. Uh, it was it was absolutely crackers, but it was. It showed John that it needed change, and I think that's the thing. And it maybe even needed change from five ten minutes before it got changed between the players and the manager. And it may have needed changing with a sub five or ten minutes earlier as well. Yeah, I think it's it's the easiest thing to do, isn't it, to say, "Oh, we should he should have done something earlier." But I think I think most people in the ground would have. But to be fair to the manager, they hadn't created loads first. No, they hadn't. And so I think maybe he's thinking, "Well." I could just get out with a one nil here, and if I do something, it might make it worse. Because that's just something that, obviously, when you sat in the stands, you know, you're saying, "Do this, someone will be better." You're not, you're, you're never thinking, well, "What, what am I not working?" And so, I think, I think what Jürgen's maybe like trying to get into his head a bit. He's thinking, "Well, you know, they're not creating a lot here, Tottenham, and we could just hit them on the on the break." Or we had a couple of counter opportunities. Exactly. Salah should do better at one nil. Yeah, exactly. And so, like, you know, there's, I, I think. He felt that Liverpool were maybe as likely, if not more, to, to kind of to, to score than, than Spurs were, even though Spurs were kind of sort of on top. And so, you know, the goal comes in the end, doesn't it? And it comes as as Robert said from a from a well worth kind of quick free kick. And so and so you end up thinking, well, what well, he should have. But I don't think it was quite as cut as cut dry as you can kind of you know you make out with hindsight. Um, you mentioned Henderson a couple of times. I felt like when Alderman Milner just weren't in it, especially in the second half, Gareth. I was, mm. I was, I was, you know, up until when the subs made, and even after that, really, I think that Genie sort of still, you know, you can't work out at times whether or not he's doing a lot of good work that you can't quite notice and appreciate, or whether or not he's just not in the game. And this season, I think we've given a lot of benefit to the doubt at times mm. that it is the former because we've seen it maybe a little bit more. All game really against Spurs, I felt like he wasn't in it enough. First half, that wasn't a problem, but second half, I was like, I could do with seeing some Genie Wijnaldum here. Yeah, and I thought Milner actually started quite well, um, and like you know, he's played some decent balls to Robertson and and looked looked up for it, and then and then faded, and and yeah, the three of them really, it's hard to as the game went on, it's hard to pinpoint a lot of what they were doing, um, a lot of running around and sort of <coughs> being in the right place maybe at times and things like that, but that was it really, and I think. With Fabinho coming on, I, I know everyone's praised his performance and rightly so, but I, I kind of think we've got to temper it a little bit by the fact, you know, again, what, what Klopp, something Klopp said afterwards. He said, well, if you come on with 15 minutes to go, I'd expect you to have an impact because you're playing a load of lads who are tired. Um, and, and there is a bit of that. But equally, though, I think I think it was a little bit of a surprise that maybe he didn't get the nod in there anyway. Um, why didn't he get the nod? Maybe because the rotation thing which has served the manager so well he's learnt his lesson in English football he knows you've got to do that he's trying to keep legs fresh and keep keep it fresh in midfield in particular where he asks for loads and loads of work from them um, but yeah it, 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 didn't, it didn't work did it and yeah Van Aldum hard to pinpoint 
what he did across the night, across the game, really. And, and Henderson, as I said before, I thought was poor, had a bad afternoon, a lot, lot of bad decisions, and it seemed to get in his head as well. It was one of them where I seen someone talking about Van Dyke the other week, and they were saying, you know, he makes that mistake against Fulham. But what what Mark Smout is a brilliant player is that it, it doesn't bother him; just carries on. Uh, whereas I think with with what you saw with Henderson yesterday, it, it got to him. But he was running around with a big hot face. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> you, know, you know, you know, where you have that thing and you just think, I fucked up, I fucked up, I fucked up. I think he was doing that, and it and then it affected his players' time. Went on. I uh, just wanted to talk, John, briefly because in a minute we're gonna have a chat about why he doesn't start for Binho, why we all think he doesn't start for Binho. But th- there's something in they, they, they do ask a lot of that midfield three, like not just whoever it is, the way in which he sets that up. It is it's a midfield three that has to be a four. You see the average position of them off the, off the just off the back of that first half, and Milner's average position is almost like classic left mid. When Aldum's average position is almost like classic right mid, and then Henderson's sort of like, oh, I've got all this room to deal with here. But Milner and when Aldum are doing that as well, it is almost like the manager wants to set them up as, you know, where he's almost trying to get his extra man's running out of this team. It's like it's four four three, if you see what I mean. And there's there's there's, there's that's where he wants to graft. But some days it can just suddenly look like it's too much for the three of them. Yeah, I, t- I don't really think that was the problem. No, I know what you're saying, but I think like with Henderson, it was like. One minute I think oh, he's having a good game in it, then he just give a real soft one away, and I don't think that's formation or or kind of expectation. I think that's just I don't know. Is, is it concentration? Is it just not really having a good day? Is it you know I, I don't know what it is really. Is it the occasion? Is it you know the, the opposition? I don't know. But for, for Henderson, it just seemed like you know the ones he, he's normally fine with. You know the, some of the passes that did he did he's normally fine with. It wasn't happening when all when all of them just seemed really safe to me all the time. Like it just seemed like. You know, it was a bit possession for possession's sake for him rather than the, the play that we know he can be, which is, you know, m- more of an attacking threat, more of someone who's, 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 who's either getting forward to support the attacking players or at least ensuring that they've got quick ball. And I don't know, like, it, it was just seemed to be safe for me. And then, and then Milner didn't really happen for either. Maybe, you know, he hasn't, maybe because he hasn't played any footy at all for a couple of weeks, you know, maybe, you know, you think about the international break kind of helping the ones who've retired, but. You know, maybe he's sort of coming in a bit cold. I just thought it was a it was a bad day in different way for all three of them, really, and and sort of in ways that you don't expect from them individually. Okay, uh, we're going to chat in a minute or two about Fabinho, uh, but before then we're going to have a chat about our new app. So it gets closer, John, the launch of our app and the shift to our new pricing model. So we're going to try and do a very quick FAQ for people here. Go on. Um, so let's sort of do it in order. The, the app launch does not have a date yet because that's depends on our side more than on the developers, but we're hopeful it'll be ready for testing very, very soon, and we're hopeful that it'll be by about the 20th of April. Okay, yeah, mid-April. Mid-April, uh, multitude of sins. <laughs> 20th of April, the outside. If it happens faster, it happens faster, and everyone's feeling... Well, I've had a little look at it where it is so far. It looks absolutely brilliant. Uh, everyone's done a really good job on it, and I can say that because I've done very little, uh, which has been nice. Um, but yeah, no, it looks great, so I think everyone's going to be you know, really pleased with it. And I've seen people already saying things like, oh, I reckon I'm going to get more stuck into the writing, for example, because cause it's all going to be there. And that, and that is the idea, to be honest. The idea is that, you know, it's everything under under one roof. If you like, it's everyone, everything in one place. Everything's just two or three clicks away. So whether you're someone who just listens to the free stuff or someone who, you know, who likes the video and likes to write and, you know, you can pick and choose. It's all there for you. And yeah, all, all looks very great and very straightforward to use. It does indeed. So let me just go through a couple of the features slash 
things that are happening with it. The first thing I would say is that if you are uh, somebody who currently subscribes uh, and gets absolutely everything, uh, you'll be able to move to the £7 model uh, on the audio where it'll be the audio package that you currently have. The £5 package will be our skeleton service. And by that, we mean we're putting something out, going to try and put something out every day. So if you're an existing subscriber and you want to stay on £5, you can. If you're currently not a subscriber and you want to come and get involved, you're not going to be able to go with the £5 level. Uh, that's only going to be for existing subscribers. It's 7 for all audio, and that's what we want people to be on. Uh, 7 for all audio or 10 for all audio and all video if you only like the video really and you just want to get that you can get that and that's seven pounds as well uh, the video will be a the premium video will be able to be played with your phone in sleep mode we're working really hard on the technical aspects of that but we think we've nailed it so uh, i'm going to make that as a three-quarter promise <laughs> <laughs> that should be happening uh, that the premium video you should be able to just listen to with your phone on sleep mode if you want to do that so that is available for people but we're making the video and we're building new formats and we're working on it because we want the video to be something that you've got to watch to be quite honest with you so you will be able to just have it in sleep mode but you've got we want you to be able to, to we want you to want to watch it uh, that's the aim with this that's what we're being ambitious about and we think we're you know we launched the stat show the other week there's going to be another one of them and there's a few more formats going along with all the stuff that we do around the games what's currently on youtube um other than second look and on this day stuff so post-match pint um preview and uh, second look will all be going as the premium video that was the intention right the way back in august we said that at the time but i recognize that some people might not have been watching that back in august but that was always the intention the hope with this app was that we were going to launch it in october we had a bit of a decision to make when we realized it was going to come back to the spring and we decided just to continue with that video because firstly we're in the swing of it and if you're trying to tell the story of a season you don't want to be stopping and starting and secondly to get those formats where we wanted them and to continue to progress them so that's where that currently is and that's the plan with those little bits and pieces any other obvious questions john for people um, just that if you, uh, a lot of people have said, you know, if uh, can I continue listening to the audio how I do? The, the answer to that is yes. Uh, we want you to enjoy the app. We want you to download the app. We want you to, you know, to, to, to use the app because we think it'll be the best way to kind of access our services. But if you've obviously got, you know, your way of listening now, you've got all your podcasts there and you want to keep going with that, that, that is obviously completely fine. You won't have to kind of listen through the app. We just, we just kind of hope you do because we've, we've, we've worked hard building it. Um, I think that that is that, that that's more or less everything. I mean, obviously, people kind of get in touch if you do have any questions, but you know, we've generally on the price increase. We fought really hard about it. We haven't put the price up at all in four years. Uh, when we launched Tour Play, which was the uh, the day after Liverpool got knocked out the uh, the, the FA Cup semi final. So for those who say the Anfield app cynically launched things at, at certain times, <laughs> <laughs> I can assure you that's not the case. Very much so. <laughs> um, yeah, we we fought long and hard about it. We didn't want to be one of these organisations who's, who's putting up twenty, fifty p, you know, every every sort of few months, and so so you're not really noticing. We we fought hard about the price. We thought hard about you know how much more we're offering now compared to kind of when we started and how far the company's come. And obviously overheads have increased as well. But we just think that the offering's better. We think the quality's a lot better. You know, the the gear we've got's much better. And, and also we want to just keep developing as a business, keep developing as a company, and keep developing you know creativity creatively really. And terms of what we're doing and so this allows us to do that obviously some people won't won't decide you know to come with us on, on this next bit of the, the journey and that's and that's kind of fine but we we hope that most of you will and we hope that you know all of you will, will see will see that we you know agree with us that it's still really good value and yeah it's still the best place to kind of share the journey of support in liverpool very much so last little thing it uh, just occurred to me we, we look like we will again three quarters promise be able to do video through the website too 
yeah, the, the, the guys have been working really hard on that over the weekend again, and, and that looks really good. So, so yeah, if you'd rather watch on a desktop or rather listen on a desktop to the stuff which which we know that, that some people do, then you'll be able to do that. Excellent. Uh, as John says, it is sharing the journey of supporting Liverpool from the heart of the city. We're very proud of what we've done, but thank you so much for your support so far. We hope you come with us. And even if you don't subscribe, even if you don't pay the money, do do download the app. It's everything that you want, Anfield Rap-wise. It's all in one place. Everything will come through there for you. Hopefully you'll feel more engaged. And also, as ever, please do tell your mates. So Fabinho then, Lizzie. The manager doesn't pick him in Munich. Um, it's worth pointing that out. Um, and it's... Uh, I want to talk about why. Uh, it was quite interesting when we did our live show yesterday. Mel Reddy actually said that she didn't think Fabinho would start, and she said that the manager may still worry what happens when he gets pressed uh, when it's a when it's an intense game and people get around. It was interesting that she said that on the live show uh, before before, and then the selection was made as it was. Do you think it's that? Do you think there's something tactical? Do you think, as John says, it's just rotation? Is it a trust thing with the three lads who were there? What do you think it is? Why do you think he's not started Fabinho? Because he's a clever man who knows much more about football than we do. Part of me thinks it's trust because I think the game that you compare this to the most in terms of, you know, their attack and threat is City and you look at the midfield three plays there. And it's the same sort of thing that happens when Fabinho does come on as that, you know, we've seen it when we played City at their ground, Fabinho comes on and he changed the dynamic. And I think that happens again. I do think it's a trust thing. And I also think it was something that would come up on the pink, uh, the, the post-match show, sorry, last night by um, Philippa about when they all played internationally. Is it a fresh legs argument? Um, you know, if, if Henderson hardly, you know, played a couple of minutes, did me for England in the second game that he played for them. Um, obviously, Milner hasn't played much football, but I think it's a trust thing. And I think it's a thing of, he looks at last season, he looks and goes, this is me trusty three. These are the ones that are going to run round ragged. And we've seen it with Fabinho, like you say, when he's being pressed. And with, with Tottenham's attack and threat, it could have gone one way or another with Fabinho. And who knows if he would have started Fabinho and it was a little bit too much for him to take, then we'd all be calling for why didn't he start that that midfield three? Um, Gareth, is there something in the fact that he might actually, because there's a flip side to this, he might actually like him as a sub. He might actually have thought, so. he might have thought, I might, I could do with having this, I'd like to be able to introduce this fella at some point around 60. Yeah, like a, just maintaining an intensity um, because, you know, you just talked about, uh, just just before that little break, about the, the idea of how much he asks from his midfield. He also has got the ultimate respect for Tottenham. You saw that in how he mm. spoke about them before the game. He really likes them. He likes the manager. He likes how they play. He talked about how, you know, it's almost um, helped them in a way that they didn't buy anyone because it's another year altogether and knowing what they're about. And so, you know, when he spoke like that, you know that behind the scenes he'll be speaking about them like that as well. And maybe he said to the team, listen, like, it's got to be in the red zone for 90 to, to get something out of these. And so for it to be in the red zone for 90... Maybe he's already said to Fabinho, you'll get on. You'll get on, and when you get on, we need you to be everywhere. You lads, you put everything in it and know that'll pull one of us, um, you know, when your legs are going. This is this is the this is this is how we're gonna manage the game. And so like you say, I, I think maybe there's something in it that he was always intending that he gets on and he gets on. Yeah, possibly. I think I think there's there's, there's sense in, in, in what everyone said. I think certainly there's the there is trust things, I think, a little bit in terms of you know, it is a big game. As as Robert says, he, he he respects the opposition a lot, and he's just kind of looking at it, thinking these these are me lads who know what they're going to do. And I think he is a little bit safer, and and I think he is a little bit. I think I mean, goal managers, well, most managers are really kind of, you know, when it's tough and when it really matters, he kind of like default to kind of what what you know and, and what you know who's who's going to bring in. Maybe just the feels that there are one or two too many question marks about about Fabiano at the moment. I'd always pick him. I think he's great, but. 
you know, he's he's gone with what he's gone with and, and he's got the results in the end as well. So, you know, people talk about this midfield a lot, you know, we say, oh, how we, how, you know, we saw a few tweets, how we see, how we see in this midfield again? It's like, well, maybe it's because we're winning a lot of games and, and you know, and, and I think the balance does work slightly better with, with kind of different people. But I think, you know, people get, I might have to get a little bit more used to it between now and the end of the season. Well, what I will say is as well, um, if that midfield three worked up until they changed their shape and their formation. So how Tottenham set up at the beginning, we we set up the way that we did and we're not talking about that midfield three in the first half because mm. it worked. And, you know, we, we all said that we went in at half-time confidence. We controlled the game. We thought we were getting another. So it was only when Tottenham changed their shape, put Danny Rose out left, that all of a sudden that midfield three didn't work. But then that's when I think uh, whoever said about game management, I think it was you, Gareth. And, and then you, Neil, saying that he, he probably would have ideally got him on a bit earlier, but then he was waiting to see what Tottenham done. It worked up until where it needed to work, and then when it needed to change, it ideally it could have just been done quicker. I, go on. I was just going to say, also, it's a little bit of a message, though, isn't it, to some of the others that, you know, you need to pull your finger out, boys, you know, particularly Keita still. Um, you know, he still hasn't done it to a level where the manager will trust him in a game like that, and that's got to be a little message to him. I mean... I would have been surprised to see Lallana be in for this particular game, but I think Keita, if he'd play, if he was playing anywhere near the level he's capable of, or we believe he's capable of, I think possibly you see him in the game. But it's the same now with Shakiri as well. Like you know, it's getting weird that now. Like what's happened? Like why doesn't he trust him at all to even be an impact sub? And it feels like there's a, there'll be a message in it because this is the way Klopp is. I mean, I thought he was dead interested. I don't know if he's all seen it about Lallana because. We know that he likes him, we know that he trusts him and things like that, but he, he did like another interview about it, I think it was on like the official site, but he said something like, um, it was important, uh, him having played well in training, that he got in the side, but it was important that I did that as a message to everyone else as well. And that, that, that just sort of piqued me in chest a little bit and thought, oh, hello. So I, I feel like, yes, it's conservatism and yes, it's game management at times as well, but also I think he thinks that deep about it, that it's a message to other people in the squad as well. I think the other thing is, as Lizzie sort of alluded to there, I think there is a thing there where he was waiting to see what Tottenham's first sub was. I think he was trying he was trying and trying his best not to make a change because he wanted to know what Tottenham were going to do first. He wanted to know who's Son, Son coming on for, yeah. basically, because it was always going to be the first sub. But it was more, who's he coming on for, not the idea of whether or not he's going to come on. And I think that that was also in his mind. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll make my change after they've made theirs. And then it was getting tougher and tougher with the shape and the reorganisation. It's interesting. Um, we have a big chat about how Boss Divock must be a free kick in training. <laughs> <laughs> it's absolutely brilliant. Uh, it was the, just the fact that it was like from the minute it was given, Divock oh, was yeah, taking it. it. I know, yeah, he was grabbing it, wasn't he? he was and it, but it, everyone else was like, "Yeah, it's Divock's this, it's obviously." Confidently, well, it was a bit like a bit like sort of when Trent took one in Europe, wasn't it? And everyone was a bit like, "What's happening here?" And then he puts it in. And you're like, "Oh, that's what's happening." And then Klopp was like, "Well, he's been brilliant on them in training." So maybe, maybe it just is that. You know, we we just said a second ago about that Klopp values what he sees on at Melwood, and maybe Divi's just been you know doing after hours and tucking tucking free kicks in the top bin. Um, I mean, nearly went in. Yeah, uh, <laughs> nearly went in. So, but I mean, like it, it's funny, isn't it? Because you know we're all guilty of this. That you, football fans, you know, you, you you see a certain player over a period of time, and you just, you know we all get sick of certain players after certain moments. And, and there's a fella by me. 
Uh, and like, the, so, so there's a fella by me that knows that I like Origi, and so like keeps going to be like, Divock Origi, messing, and we have a bit of a laugh about it. There's another fella, one along, who doesn't like him at all. And when he was near that free kick, he was like, fuck off, lad, what are you doing near? What, 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 what are you doing? Go, get away from me. And, the, and the, lad, the lad next to me taps him and goes, hey, you're talking about Divock Origi, yeah, lad. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And look at I I I think he I think he's done really well, Divi, to um you know, contribute. Yeah. Contribute, uh, show the right attitude. Um and and just look, you know, he doesn't do loads when he comes on, but he's just like he's a willing runner, he wins a couple of corners, he puts pressure on them, he looks lively. You couldn't he's, be bothered playing against him at no, that stage no, no, of the game. No, no, that was one of my things was all of a sudden I've got if you're trippier, you're going, Oh god. I've got <laughs> this fella to deal with. He's he's six foot three, he's yeah. direct as anything, yeah, yeah. he's smart as well, he can cut in here. Loads of elbows. Yeah, he keeps going outside me, but he could cut in next time and get a shot away. Honestly, I was thinking if I was trippier there at that stage of the game, anything but this. Yeah, be arsed. And and we had loads of corners, didn't we, as well, and it and you could see in the box as well, all of a sudden they were like, well, who's picking this father up now? Because yeah. we've been dealing with Van Dyke and we've been dealing with Massive. Now we've got another father who's massive and good in the air. Like, shit. And, and, and so I think he's really useful to have around. I know he's not everyone's cup of tea, but I'd, I'd be keeping him. I'd be saying, lads, you know, you can contribute next season to, to Liverpool. And like, you're already went out on loan once and it was disastrous and shit. Um, stay here, knuckle down, see how you get on. Because, you know, like... God forbid that you know someone gets injured and out of, out of the, the the front three. Well, Tiffy could end up playing, couldn't he? And what you're seeing at the moment, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Yeah, I know. I agree with that. I, I definitely keep him. Uh, I was surprised to see him on the free kick. I'll be honest with you, because obviously <laughs> we've got obviously we've got Trent there. I'm shocked that Virgil's not took one yet either, mm. because I was watching. YouTube's of Virgil smashing them in and getting for Celtic uh, the other day. Uh, it was just what I get up to late at night. Um, a bit of quality Van Dyke time. We're all doing it. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, he scored some belters, hasn't he, over the years, like especially for Celtic. So I'm a bit surprised that, that he hasn't kind of just barged everyone out the way for one yet. But I, I quite like the way that he approached it. Like his, his run-up, was, he looked like he knew what he was doing. He really did. He, yeah. he honestly looked like a man who's taken a lot of free kicks, <laughs> which was, was shocking because yeah. it's the first one. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> he approached it like like it's Divock Origi time. Like yeah. you know when people used to go, oh, it's Beckham territory. Yeah. Like in the, Divock's head, the yeah. commentator was going, it's Origi territory. This yeah. you know, yeah. you don't give them away here with him on the pitch. I like the way he sort of went up to it. And as Robert said, it didn't nearly go in. Honestly, I think I, I think we're missing. I, I think he's going to bang one in next game, and we're yeah. all going to be going. That's that's what we've been waiting for. That's what we've been anticipating. So many high pitched voices around me. Is he? Is he? Is he <laughs> I was like, yeah, he is. Just but it, it's like you said, there, there was clearly a thing there where everyone knew their place. It was like you know. And Jesus was meant to like move water and like walk through it. Like Divock Origi comes on the pitch and everyone just moved out the way and was like, <laughs> Divock's taking this free kick. And you can imagine Klopp's just gone in the first thing in his in in his talk before the game. The first point, if you see Divock on this pitch, he's taking the free kick. Yeah. It was the way Mo Salah, who by the way isn't isn't shy of putting himself forward for this sort of thing, even though he's not scored one, went, Well, it's Divox. <laughs> one of them, isn't it? It's Divox this one. Um in general, the oddity of football, they fall back at one-one. Trent tweeted afterwards, Lizzie, we wanted it more. And I think I would not for one second say those Tottenham players didn't work unbelievably hard. But I think what he's sort of getting at there is that the extent to which they decided they were happy with a the point. They were on top. As soon as it went 1-1 and maybe we upped it or we felt, listen, we've got to seize the initiative here. But I thought they really fell back and all they were trying to do was play on the counter. It nearly worked for them, don't get me wrong. But they went from being the dominant force in the game to basically camped on the edge of their own box. Yeah, it felt like their work was done in a way. It felt like before the game they'd sort of said to themselves... You know, it's going to be a struggle to get three points here. So let's see if we can get the points and then see what happens. That's what it felt like to me. Uh, and I agree because 
when they scored, I literally thought, oh shit. It, because of how good Tottenham are, this is it now. They're, we're going to have to soak like up a load of pressure. I felt 2-1 Tottenham was coming more than 2-1 Liverpool when they scored. No, I did. Completely did. So I, I was quite confused as to why that didn't happen. Even when they brought Sun on, I just felt like, hold on, this isn't happening how I thought it would be happening. And Liverpool started to get back into the game a little bit more. And then that's when my attitude sort of changed until that mad chance with Soko and Sun. Um, but other than that, yeah, they, they did. It was like... You know, even with Lucas Moura sticking the ball up his shirt when, when you know, when he scores. And it's like their whole attitude, it looked like they were just completely happy with the point and they were happy to take it. And then, you know what, anything else was just a bonus on top. And they should be scrapping for three points and still fighting for top four. But it was like they looked at us and they respected us going, well, this yeah. is Liverpool and we're not going to get the three points against this side. Talked a lot, Gareth, uh, before the season started, um, before last season started, about Liverpool at home, the home record. And mm. I think there's an element of that there. I think there really was a moment where if if I was, if, if this was the Tottenham rap, if we were doing this now, I'd be saying, I'm, I'm furious we didn't seize the initiative at 1-1. We should have gone on and we should have continued to run the game, even though we, we did miss the big chance. And the reason why would be because, but I think what's in their heads is almost like the manager who's not in the dugout, it's worth saying, has said to them pre-match, points great result here. Mm. And I thought you, I, the most I've seen a side for a while go points a great result here. It's certainly a really good side. That's it. Now we'll just take this and get out. I think, I think maybe as well that they, they, they ran a little bit out of steam. Um, like they're given so much to get be, back to because, 1-1. Yeah, because I, I thought they started second half brilliant, Tottenham, uh, in terms of their intensity, in terms of looking like they wanted it. I mean, I was like John in that, you know, I was having a pint at half time thinking, oh, but we're sound here. And I was actually worried because for this season I've missed so many goals just after half time because because we started second half dead well. And so I thought I was dead conscious of it and trying to fit in a pint and a piss and get back in my seat <laughs> so that I didn't miss the inevitable uh, Liverpool goal at the start of the second half. But it didn't turn out that way. And I, I thought they played well. Obviously, we, we mentioned the formation change and that worked for them as well. But just just... You know, not just formation changes and things like that, just the intensity yeah. of what they did. I thought, oh, well, oh, these are out of here. And they looked a good side. They, you know, they've got good players, obviously. I think, you know, the, the, the manager's pretty universally liked as well. And I, I think maybe they ran a little bit out of steam. But also as well, I, I wouldn't, I, I don't think we can overstate the Anfield thing. I'll always do it because I think it gets in the heads. Yeah, I think it gets in the heads and, and you know, it gets in, the, in our players' heads. And Klopp was like talking about it afterwards and he was saying, he thinks it's the best it's been, which was high praise indeed, of course, when you've had like Dortmund and things like that. But also he, he was talking about, and it didn't feel like he was particularly praising this aspect, but he was laughing about it. But he, he just said like, basically everyone just went forward at the end. Everyone, and he was like, we didn't, we didn't leave much back. I think he was saying there was seven on the left wing or something. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, but in a way that was great to see because it was like the, everyone in the ground just went, nah, fuck it, let's win this. We've got to win this. I mean, you could do that. I was thinking about in the ground, I'm doing the post-match pints and a bit and I'm going to dress up a draw. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and like, you know, it'd be a bit exhausting to do so. And then, and then that happens and we all get to tumble over seats and it was absolutely fantastic. And, you know, look, the, those players, I always say it like, what, what would it have been like in that dressing room? Yeah. It would have been absolute scenes. It would have been amazing. And and, and Klopp, my, Klopp might be grabbing them this week in Melwood and going, I don't know what you're all doing there, you know, but but sound. <laughs> <laughs> this all game set pieces felt like a threat for us, John. And even though there wasn't, it wasn't like there was, you know, it wasn't like we'd had three really good chances before the one, but all the way through, I thought we're getting something here from set pieces, not least because we looked like we'd worked on something. We really were Cloud and Lloris. It was that, you know, I th- 
even if it doesn't directly contribute to the goal, if you know what I mean. It felt like we got very much in Larissa's head there in the end. And I think that that's, you know, Liverpool had a plan to deal with them. They did a bit of a number on them, I think, and it's, it's, it's an unsophisticated number, but a number nonetheless. Yeah, and, and unsophisticated numbers are fine, aren't they? It's a shame those two or three early corners were just a little bit overhit, weren't mm. they? Just because I, I just wanted to see how it was going to turn out. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, because as you say, they were really quite. I've, I've never seen us really do that. I don't know if anyone else has, has sort of got different memory, but yeah, it, this idea of, of kind of all around the keeper, really, he didn't like it at all. He was just mm. shoving people. Like his own, he was shoving his own lads. He was shoving ours, wasn't he? He wasn't, he wasn't happy at all. And then we sort of went away from that second half. Um, but it was yeah, it was a bit of a shame. I think I think Trenet's one straight out does, and yeah, then there's, there's there's another one as as, as well. And um, yeah, just to see so, sort of how how threatening we could have been of those, and 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 how they dealt with it really. Um, but then, as you say, all game trying to do different things. It looked like we we were we were a threat. And I think Virgil completely misses one, doesn't he? Mm. Yeah. And um, which which is which is quite on Virgil, like. Um, there was a cheeky one as well, wasn't there? Like a, one that did obviously worked on where it goes to Milner. I was just oh, I like that. that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really liked it. that yeah. too because I'm not into short corners. But the the difference with Milner is he wasn't like to the left. Yeah. He's in the box. He, he was he was in front, weren't yeah. he? And that little through ball to then just get you know a little bit yeah. more of an angle on it. Yeah, I like that. I liked, yeah, all the way Good. through. I did a little number on it. And also, Lizzie, just the value of keeping it alive in the box. It's, you know, you said before, it's not the best header that Salah will ever do, but he keeps it alive. And I think mm. that that's, it's goal mouth scramble 101, but it's still good to see, to be quite honest with you. It's 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 the first virtue of, doesn't matter, you can be the best player in the world, he's one of the best five footballers in the world, but there's a time and a place for just ensure it's somewhere in the six-yard box because you never know. Well, I was just about to say, sometimes Liverpool have been guilty of not doing that enough. You know, when it's getting to the last couple of minutes and you need to go, at least if it's in that area, you've got more of a chance. Put it in the danger area, see what happens. There's a mistake and everybody were human. Do you know what I mean? Mo Salah's Mo Salah, but he's still a human. Hugo Lloris. And and with our luck with goalkeepers at the minute, I think we're on to our fourth now. But nice one, Lloris. Um, get it in, cause problems and just see what happens because you never know. And then look what happened. A beautiful mess. I still don't really know how it went in. Like, I know. Yeah, know. I've watched it, watched it. in but, time. I'm yeah. telling you, it's like someone put press pause on the telly. But also, even after it's going in, he goes to clear it and then just does he gets his foot stuff on the floor. Does he? Is that what happens? Yeah, yeah. It was mad. Yeah. Because so I thought that's getting the cleared glass. there because it wasn't when when he went to boot it, it wasn't a goal. No, yeah. it wasn't going very fast. Oh, it was just mad. <laughs> it was mad. Madness. Yeah. Um, well, and George gave it to Salah. Uh, loved it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a softer mystic on it. Absolutely. <laughs> He's um, trying to give him a boost, isn't he? Yeah, he really is. Done everything he can there. He got the crowd singing his name afterwards, so it's all worked. I think as far as if you clop it's one of them, you're saying afterwards, don't watch it back, lad. Don't worry about it. Jules, <laughs> uh, City have Cardiff next. There's no hope there. They've got Cardiff on Wednesday night. Uh, it is, Gareth, just a matter of staying with them now until until their games go mad. I think that, for me, you know, looking at the way the fixtures compare, doing all of that sort of, sort of stuff, it's... Beat Southampton on Friday, go back top, and then that's when you know they've got five left. I think we've got four left after then. Oh, oh no, sorry, they've got six left. We've got five left after then, and that's when the pressure is going to be absolutely bundled right on them. That's all we can do. That's all we can do. Yeah, look, no one knows how it's going to unfold, but you know, I, I, I'll say it again that you know we're in April, we're in April now, and we're in, we're in contention for the title, and it's not been too often we've been able to say that over the years. So just enjoy every step of the way and see where we end up because. You know, that's what we want. Klopp's talked about, you know, the platform for it. 
we've created that platform, we've done that again, done our bit against Spurs, and look, maybe it just does get in their heads a little bit. I mean, it doesn't help that Warnock, the hypocritical twat, um, is going on about playing an understrength side already, um, and then, you know, absolutely lost his shit with Benitez um, for allegedly doing that against Fulham or whatever it was that time when he was Sheffield United boss, so he can fuck off. Um, but He was absolutely <laughs> diddled yesterday, to be fair. Well, I know, uh, it was all, I mean, he's the most offside goal I've ever seen in my life. Um, but, you know, but yeah, I don't think we can expect anything from that. I mean, they did have a bit of a go against Chelsea, but that was at home. You know, it's entirely different when it's actually at, at City's place, and I don't think we can pin much hope on that. But some of the other ones continue to say look difficult, don't they? Um, United, obviously, Palace, Burnley. And then I just think we were talking about it in the ground, and I, I just think that whole, the, the three games against Tottenham, I just think that, that can change all kinds. I mean, you know, Remember when we had it with Chelsea, and it just becomes it just becomes weird yeah. in the end. It makes football odd, yeah. Because, because you're playing the same players over and over and again, like three times in a row. It just becomes odd, and odd things can happen. And let's just hope the odd things happen in the league game and Tottenham win. And it, that's not beyond the realms based on what we saw yesterday. Optimistic. Well, not for Cardiff, <laughs> <laughs> but generally I am optimistic. Yeah, I agree, I agree what Gareth said. I think. You know, there's, there's games there where where they are going to find it much tougher than, than they did against Fulham. You know, Fulham was was a bit of a stroll in the park for them, really, in the end, which is a bit of a shame. Um, but, you know, there's, there's games where, where it is going to be much tougher. I don't think Cardiff or, or will, will be capable, really, of, of putting up much... You know, but I think the, the other teams you can. Robbie Scotch has already ensured me that Palace are going to box you for us. It's um, right, so it's like Robbie. That, that was good of him. I think. I, <laughs> um, <laughs> I think that Burnley game. I've really got my eye on you know. Yeah, yeah. I just you know, my boy Jack Cork popping up. Um, just, just, uh, yeah, I think <laughs> yeah, well, it's Crouchy, oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, Crouchy would love it, wouldn't he? And I think there's, I think there's just enough of them, isn't there? Do you know what I mean? Like, if we were, if there was just like. If it was just United or nothing, then you start to worry. But I think there's enough, you know, these to go, well, maybe there or maybe there or maybe there. We've obviously got to beat Southampton on Friday, but I think we will. Do you know what, as well? I think what we've not mentioned, even though it doesn't affect us points-wise in the league, is yet they're playing cards from Wednesday and then we're playing Friday in the Premier League, but then they've got to change their mentality. They've got to switch to FA Cup mode then. That'll do their heads in. They'll be gutted that they can't play straight after us because if we get if we win on Friday and they know that they literally can't play then over the Saturday or Sunday they're not going to like that you know well good luck to them well not good well, luck not. to them <laughs> <laughs> good luck to them good bad luck, luck to them lose <laughs> every game you bastards yeah. say what you like about Man City but bad luck to them they've been terrific all season all, bad the, wor- all the worst lads. Yeah. all the very worst for Manchester City uh, they have been fantastic all season and it's an unbelievable title race it's just frustrating that we're in another unbelievable title race but it is absolutely fantastic it is what it is to be alive listen thank you very much listen to the Anfield Wrap this week in association with Reds Bet thank you very much to Lizzie to Gareth and to John it's been an absolute belter it was a hell of a 2-1 uh, I hope you've enjoyed listening to these people, these brave people in this room's voices fraying after uh, yesterday's celebration and occasion. Everyone's working so very hard, but no one's working harder than Liverpool. Sports Social Podcast Network.